What does true leadership look like in a culture of confusion? Sometimes biblical values are popular, like parental rights, but other times they are mocked, ignored, worse, disrespected, like the value of a baby's life in the womb. How do we navigate our culture at that point? That's the topic of today, and we have a special treat. We are going to hear from our president, Victoria Cobb, when she gave her keynote speech at our gala, so stay tuned. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope you had a wonderful and restful Thanksgiving. Glad to have you back with us. We have a special treat for you today. We are going to hear, in case you missed it the first time around, Victoria's keynote speech that she gives during our annual gala. Now, this happened in October of this year. And Victoria, I know this is really a time for you each year to kind of celebrate, analyze what happened the previous year, and to kind of kickstart, jumpstart our, our movement, our path into the next year, what's coming up in the future. Is this kind of a special time for you in your life when, you know, it's a big deal. You're up there speaking to some a thousand people about this. Tell us what that's like for you, how you think of it in your mind. Well, I sort of think of it like a state of the state for the Family Foundation. But it's hard to look at the year since the previous gala and think about all the victories that we've had and all the amazing things this team has done and figure out what to highlight. Really, I struggle because um, the team that I work with is phenomenal. And what God does in a year is really something to be had. And so it is an exciting moment. And then, of course, yeah, you're trying to cast some vision for where we're going from here because we want supporters to kind of not we, we don't rest on our laurels so even if we have great things that have happened there's so much more yeah. in front of us and so i think it, it is an important moment and we do try to just kind of lay out this is you know we're going to stay the course we're going to lead on these issues this is the kind of things we're going to do all right and you talk about leadership in this but since you brought up state of the state i'm going to throw a question Uh-oh. at you <laughs> all right what if you could single out a an emotional high for you this year and a heartbreaking low would you share that with us Oh, man. I mean, an emotional high, I think, is just uh, these grassroots school board things that are going on is still just a high point for me. I mean, we're, we're beating back those transgender policies in different communities. And then the fact that it's been taken to the ballot box. And now we've seen with the election that there have been some wins with candidates that stood for parental rights. It's it's really exciting to see people get engaged because our job isn't to do the job. Our job is to facilitate yeah. people themselves actually working in their own communities. And so when that actually works... It's pretty exciting. Amen to that. That is a high point for me as well, (laughs) seeing that we are empowering parents to have a voice. But, okay, what about the uh, most heartbreaking moment as far as the policy world is concerned? Yeah, I mean, of course, we're right after the elections, which I wouldn't have talked about in the gala because that was before the election. So that's a a heartbreak. But I would say there is legislation that you get really attached to that you can't believe doesn't go further. So Sage's story is so tragic, and the Sage's law would do so much good that when it dies in a Senate subcommittee with so little even just respect given to the people telling their story, I think that's a – that's a real low point. And save girls sports, you know, something so yeah. common sense that should advance to the legislature doesn't. Th- those those yeah. are hard. Well, let's just go ahead and segue into your keynote speech. Now, I do just want to remind listeners that this was given in September. I may have mentioned October earlier, but actually it was given in September. 
And so it, it was before the election that we just had. But in this speech, you did mention some parental rights battles that were ongoing right at that moment, including this race between the Yorktown uh, Sheriff, uh, Danny Diggs, and Monty Mason. Um, you know, that, as we had said before, that was the incumbent legislator who had got, had the hot mic moment where he was caught calling parental rights, referring to parental rights as garbage. Yeah. Um, and then we also, you mentioned uh, Angela Allen, the school board member in Goochland, ha- who had been fighting to let parents know about the real situation on the transgender issues and the bathrooms in her school district. And there was also a huge win with that. Um, just mention that real quick in case they didn't catch our one of our last podcasts. Yes. What happened with it's super great just to see that, yes, Sheriff Danny Diggs won, and so Monty Mason is gone, and then Angela Allen, who ran for school board again, was elected, and the people that were up against her that had doxed her actually yeah. got taken out as All well. All of them So there's there nobody anymore. left that yeah. um, that was picking on her, so we're happy about that. Yes, that the parents uh, made their will be known that they wanted people like her, Angela, um, giving full disclosure for parents. Yeah. So praise God for that. But with that said, let's just get right into your speech, your encouragement for what happened and how we can think about the years ahead. You've likely heard the story that the Family Foundation was founded on a father's passion around protecting his own parental rights. Walt Barbie knew that parents, not schools, ought to be teaching our own children about the delicacies of the birds and the bees. Now, imagine if he were here today and he knew that schools were teaching the birds and the bees, the bees and the bees, the birds and the birds, and how birds can become bees and bees can become birds. It's no wonder that the outrage has reached a fevered pitch by parents. In fact, it is a fact that the Family Foundation has been fighting for you and your parental rights since our inception. It is in our DNA. Even when parental rights weren't a campaign slogan, the Family Foundation was fighting for your kids and for you. But there's a reason that we've had to be fighting these issues for parents for nearly 30, I mean, it's nearly 40 years. It's because the left just doesn't get it and they just won't stop. You know, despite the consequences of McAuliffe's supposed gaffe, the radical left in Virginia continues to attack parents. They simply can't help themselves. Liberal Democrats who suffered defeat at the wrath of parents during the 2021 election cycle still haven't changed their tune at all. You know, they just keep mocking you, you parents, for actually caring to defend your own children. Earlier this year, you might have heard that two Democrats from the General Assembly, one that's actually in a very hotly contested Senate seat right now, got caught on hot mic calling parental rights garbage and stupid. What were these two elected officials criticizing at that moment? Efforts to protect our children from pornography. Uh, Obviously, given Susanna Gibson's scandal and her money-making scheme, maybe now we know why they were so, uh, you know, cavalier about such an important matter. But, you know, despite the vitriol that elected officials and radical groups like the ACLU and the LGBT activists and and even the media, despite all of that, moms, dads, and grandparents are standing up and speaking out, in part because of the work of the Family Foundation. Um, From ensuring schools notify parents about student surveys about risky behavior to 
library books to explicit curriculum in the schools, we have steadily fought to put the parent back into the center of their child's education. Because the far left just doesn't get it, the battles keep coming. You know, if you recall, our legislative team tried to stop then Governor Northam's liberal General Assembly from passing bad transgender model policies. You know, these were the ones that advised schools to, well, let's see, put boys in girls' bathrooms, compel pronouns, and even deceive parents. You know, it wasn't just that we were up against Democrat majorities, because I hate to say it, but don't forget, six Republicans voted to help create this mess. Um, it's just that, you know, we were, it's not just that we were unsuccessful in the legislature, we didn't let that stop us. We didn't surrender. When that happened, we simply had our policy team hand the baton off to our legal center, where they actually took the model policies to court, arguing, among many other things, that they violated parental rights. Specifically, they violated a law that we had helped pass years before that says a parent has the fundamental right to direct the outcome and upbringing of their child. In addition to our legal fight, our grassroots teams took the fight, took the battle to the school boards across the Commonwealth to remind members that they are the ones elected to protect every child, not simply the vocal minority of confused children exploited by misguided adults. While several counties had beautiful stories where they actually answered the call of parents and did the right thing, many, unfortunately, simply continued to do the bidding of the LGBTQ lobbyists. So, what happened next? Our election team went out at TFF Action and hit the streets and knocked 133,000 doors to tell the people of Virginia that we needed a new governor to protect our children. And it worked. We told them that we needed a new attorney general to enforce parental rights, and it worked. Virginia elected three statewide candidates who have fought to protect your children and your rights as parents, and frankly, have put this issue on the map nationally. We've seen our new Attorney General, Jason Miares, investigate Loudoun County School Board for their horrific actions in deceiving parents about the sexual assault that happened under their bad bathroom policy. I, I like to tease my friend, General Miares, that his office was actually the second people to take that school board to court. It was our law center that went first, and we went ahead and said, you know what, we're gonna take you to court. And they learned, according to the judge, that they cannot shut out parents from their meetings simply because they don't want to hear what parents have to say. Once in office, the Yunkin administration, with recommendations from our team, rewrote the transgender guidelines to protect kids and parents. Furthermore, the Attorney General's office has issued a legal opinion that complements what our legal team has been sharing with school boards since those policies came into effect. Because of these efforts, several school boards have, in fact, adopted policies that protect children. But our work doesn't stop, because every child in Virginia is still not in a school where they are protected from the consequences of gender ideology. 
Through our local Speak Up grassroots teams, we are back in school board battles to force these districts to reverse their capitulation to Northam's guidelines. Our teams have been rallying to change bad policies in Newport News and Chesterfield and all over Virginia. In Virginia Beach, we were honored to get to fly in Chloe Cole to share her tragic detransition story with the school board. So they had to face the realities of what extreme ideology does to our children. Michelle Blair, who you heard about earlier tonight, came and shared her daughter Sage's story with that board, which of course began with a bad bathroom policy and the school deceiving her parents. Now, while that board failed the children of Virginia Beach that day, our team hasn't given up yet. The parents that fight these hard battles that show up in their communities at their school boards, they do it not just for themselves. They do it for you and for your grandchildren. I'd like to ask our Speak Up teams that are led by our Vice President of Grassroots, Candy Cushman, located back there somewhere, I'd like to ask them to stand up and be honored by this crowd for the work they're doing for our families. Sometimes, Despite all the grassroots efforts that we put in and the loud and clear voice of parents, certain school board members still don't get it. Um, you know, imagine this, you're a newly elected school board member and you're ready to go save the world, or at least the kids in your community. And you get going and you're immediately met with people who tell you that your job is to go along and get along. Imagine if at every turn you're told, you can't change the system, you shouldn't speak up to make a difference, and maybe even you should cover up some of the concerns because it might make our school board look not so good. Then imagine that the people that are telling you this are your colleagues on the school board, the members that are supposed to be there to help families just like you. It is for this reason that our Founding Freedoms Law Center has filed a lawsuit against the Goochland school board members four of them on that board, four on behalf of Angela Allen. Angela, <laughs> Angela, a school board member herself, had the audacity to inform the public that, in fact, they, by the way, the public, her constituents, that Goochland County Schools were functioning under an open bathroom policy, one that basically said a boy can enter the girl's bathroom if he assumes the gender identity of a girl. So she simply informed the public and asked their opinion about it. You'd think something that every school board member should be doing. Apparently, this policy was supposed to be hidden from the county because, well, she really upset the apple cart. And specifically, she really upset the other four, mem four members of the school board because they ultimately defamed and censured her for simply announcing this policy on her Facebook page. Here's what Angela has to say about the situation. Quote, for me, this is a case is primarily about my reputation for integrity and about accountability for school board members who think that they can unfairly punish a fellow school board member simply because I was informed that I informed the citizens of what their schools were actually doing 
and then asked them what they thought about it. In other words, they punished me for doing exactly what I was elected to do. Ultimately, if they can get away with this without consequences, then this can happen to any school board member in any district. So I have a feel a responsibility to stand up to it. Newly elected school board members are trained to go along and get along, and Angela didn't. And our law center is going to restore her good name and send a message to school board members who don't go with the flow, that they cannot be defamed for doing their jobs. Thank you, Angela Allen, for your bravery. She's here tonight. Even though, even still, with all of this, the far left still hasn't gotten the message. They and their media allies continue to aggressively attack parents. They've gone so far as to introduce legislation that would criminalize parents who don't affirm their child's self-proclaimed gender identity. And we know if they get power again, we know this bill will pass. If they ever are again in, Parents who want to defend their child from radical sexualization and transgenderism will be criminals. The only thing standing in their way is you. Your vote, your voice, your power as a parent. You and the work of the Family Foundation. Here's the thing. While we're glad that Governor Yunkin has picked up the Parents Matter theme, whether he picked it up or not, and whether or not it's one of the top issues that our TFF action team hears about at the doors as they knock, which it is this year, but whether or not that's the case, the Family Foundation has always and will always stand for parental rights. We've done it with sympathetic governors like Governor Yunkin and against crazy left-wing governors like Ralph Northam and Terry McAuliffe and with just about every other governor in between since our inception in 1985. And we will never stop, especially not when lives are on the line. In another moment of surely the left has gone too far, we all remember when Delegate Tran admitted in committee, in a committee meeting, that her pro-abortion legislation would allow abortion up to the moment of birth. No exceptions, no restrictions, and they haven't backed down from that position. Five years ago, I stood before you in great celebration to tell you that we had reduced the number of abortions in Virginia by 40% in five years, saving over 16,000 lives. We did it. We did it through sound, incremental changes in our law, things like safety standards and a window to the womb bill. Sadly, in 2020, if I had stood here, if we hadn't been shut down because of COVID, I would have had to tell you that they actually did, took away all the laws that the pro-life community had spent 50 years passing, and in just one bill, signed away all of those protections, signed by then-governor, you know, the one, remember, after the baby's been born, we'll keep it comfortable and then make a decision, signed by Governor Ralph Northam. Tonight, despite being in a post-Roe era, 
I come to you with concern. Concern because more than a year after Dobbs, we're seeing how difficult it can be to truly protect human life in our state. As predicted, Guttmacher's numbers on abortion, the new numbers that they've put out here in Virginia, show us with one of the largest abortion increases in the country since 2020, proving that the laws that they stripped away were in fact the difference maker in reducing the abortion rate here in Virginia. As many of you know, Virginia is the only southern state to not impose any restrictions on abortion at all since Roe versus Wade was overturned. This means that thousands are now flooding into Virginia from neighboring states like Tennessee to get abortions. It's the new sick and horrible trend my team is trying to fight back against every day. Tourism abortion. Abortion tourism. Destination abortion here in Virginia. Worse yet, it's being funded by a network of out-of-state donors pouring dark money into a seedy abortion rights nonprofit determined to keep the abortion mills open. So we're fighting back in places like Bristol, where cowardly city council members have gone back on their word about implementing safe zones for life. These are zoning laws that would protect against more abortion centers. Despite, despite their promises to a maxed out crowd of their citizens, they are now yielding, caving to the $1 billion abortion industry. Thankfully though, many of the surrounding counties know exactly what's on the line and they're putting up their legal defenses. But while abortion numbers are up and on the rise in Virginia, we must not lose heart. You see, sometimes the battles we fight are in vogue like parental rights are right now. And other times, our struggles, like our struggle to protect human life from conception, feel lonely. But at all times, our battles are righteous. At all times, we are called to fight, to be faithful. In 2 Timothy 4.2, it says this. It says our job, our calling, is to preach the truth, quote, be ready in season or out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Do you know what they call people who stay the course and they sound the trumpet regardless of what other people are doing? Leaders. They call them leaders. At the Family Foundation, you can always count on us to lead. We don't wait to champion parental rights until Terry McAuliffe says the quiet part out loud. Our policy shop writes the bill that requires Terry McAuliffe to give an answer in a gubernatorial debate that leads to the gaffe. You know, we don't wait until Governor Northam describes euthanizing a born baby to pronounce our efforts to protect human life. We pass so many incremental laws protecting human life that Delegate Tran feels compelled to try to eliminate them all in a bill that then Governor Northam is required to respond to on radio. We don't wait until a girl is sexually assaulted in a bathroom by a boy wearing a skirt to warn every school board in Virginia about the bad impacts of these terrible guidelines. We were already at the infamous Loudoun County School Board meeting with our Protect Every Kid campaign before Scott Smith ever got a chance to tell his story. We lead 
in season and out of season. And we'll keep leading until everyone is ready to follow. Well, Victoria, I really love what you said about leadership at the end there. I think it actually comes at a really appropriate moment, the moment that we are in, when you were talking about how sometimes the conservative values, the biblical principles that we espouse, you know, the cultures behind that in the moment, um, that would be true with parental rights right now. That's popular right now. But other times, things like pro-life values, that feels a bit lonely. Yeah, and I think people just, sometimes you want to be in with the in crowd, right? But the reality is the people that stand out in history, they were pushing back on culture. The ones that really made a difference, they weren't the ones that were just doing what was popular. They were the one leading the charge and changing the hearts and minds of the culture. That is so true, and we really only see that fully retrospectively. Yes. Um, but it's something for us to take heart in. But that gets to what I thought was so important, what you were saying about leadership. What true leadership looks like, it does not... Um, leadership is not controlled or based on the vicissitudes of culture. It is looking to something more eternal than that. And you, you really did a good job articulating that. I'll just mention that the scripture, um, that, that we are leaders in season and out of season. And I think that applies not only to the Family Foundation, but to the people listening, that they are leaders. If you want to give us your thoughts on that, I'm just going to look up the scripture um, that you shared so I can read that as a closeout. Yeah, I just want people to understand that sometimes you don't see it in the moment, which is what you were saying. Sometimes it feels very hard to push against culture, to lead people in the right direction. It doesn't, it's not rewarding in the moment, but we're called to do it. And as you said, in history, it will, it will come to bear. So when you think about being involved with the Family Foundation, think about that you are leading alongside us. We are equipping you to be that leader in your community with us. We cannot do it alone. It will not work with us just doing it alone. So I just want to encourage you, not only that we are with you and behind you, but that you're working with us. And I hope that encourages you this holiday season as we think about the new year. And we are going to have more battles to come, but we're going to be doing it together. And so I just want to read that scripture you had mentioned, 2 Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort, which we are doing. That's what we're doing through the work we do with complete patience and teaching. Sometimes we lack the patience yes. part. Yes. <laughs> do you want to give any closeout thought? And then I'll just wrap us up here. Yeah, I just, I just want people to be encouraged no matter what the election results are, no matter what you're feeling, no matter which issues are in or out, that we're called to do this, that we are eternally rewarded for this, that ultimately um, our efforts here on this earth are but one fraction of, of, of eternity and that we're, we're called. We're called to glorify God in all things and to lead others towards him. And, and we just got to keep on keeping on. We, we are called. We can't ignore it. Well, God bless all of you. Again, we are so thankful for what each and every one of you do on a daily basis to live God's light where you are. And just a reminder to share the Speak Up Virginia playlist. And remember, we are stronger when we speak together. Mm -hmm.